We hear in the Gospel of Luke, the Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And they told what happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. Come join us today on The Way with DJ. Hello everyone and welcome back to On The Way with DJ. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to continue our series on the sacraments. We've covered the three sacraments of initiation, baptism, confirmation, and Eucharist. And today we're going to talk about reconciliation. Instead of taking the tack that I have with the other three sacraments and talking about maybe some of the misconceptions surrounding those sacraments or that sacrament, what I'm going to do today is kind of talk a little bit about what some of the things that people come come to me with when it comes to the sacrament of reconciliation, some of the questions that they might have. And either they come because they want to kind of understand a little bit more about what the sacrament is, they feel maybe a, a burning desire or maybe even not a burning desire, maybe something that is kind of inside of them that they feel like they need to go to the sacrament of reconciliation. Or they just are curious after maybe they've heard a talk or they've seen someone actually come back from the sacrament of reconciliation kind of renewed and healed of whatever it was that was troubling them. And so I'm going to kind of talk today um, using maybe five questions that I normally get and kind of talk a little bit about those questions. So it's kind of a departure from what we've done with the three sacraments of initiation, but I think it's going to give a little bit of a flavor and a little bit of a idea about why we should really use this, this sacrament and make ourselves available to the sacrament um, as much as we possibly can. So the first question that I typically always get is, having to do with the seal of the confessional. You know, what is the seal of the confessional? And is the priest really, really sworn to secrecy on what I confess to him? Well, the seal of the confessional means that whatever is confessed must remain between the penitent, who is the person going to confession, and the priest himself. In other words, the priest cannot, under the penalty of excommunication for himself, ever divulge to anyone what was said in a confession. Now, the question that this always begs is, what if someone commits a heinous crime? Does that mean that that priest, if that priest is is hearing that person's confession, does that mean that that priest cannot confess that or cannot go and divulge that crime? And that is absolutely true. Even if someone confesses a crime, The priest cannot talk about the crime to the police or to the court or to anyone. The priest cannot even use knowledge of the sins committed in any other setting. So, for example, if he was getting up on a Sunday and giving a homily, he could not go up there and say, I once heard someone's confession and she told me that she stole something from a store. That would be breaking the seal. So it's very important to realize that the seal of confession is is paramount to the to to the sacrament itself. Now, and this is probably a topic for another podcast, but there have been challenges to this over the last few years. 
people coming, um, courts and civil governments coming and saying, especially when it comes to the sexual abuse crisis in the church, coming and saying, well, this priest needs to divulge this, this crime um, because this person came to him under the seal of confession, and that cannot be the case. So the seal of the confessional might be under attack in the, in the few years to come, but um, it is something that is paramount to the sacrament. The second question that I normally get, and this, is, this has a lot to do with the younger people coming to me all the time, um, they will say to me, well, why do I have to tell my sins to a priest? Why can't I just go into my bedroom, close the door, sit in a prayer posture, and just confess my sins to God? Why can't I go and just confess to God? I mean, he's supposed to be all forgiving, so I should be able to go in my prayer and just say, yes, God, you know, I'm confessing the sins and I want to be forgiven. Well, the first thing that we need to realize when we go to the sacrament of confession, the sacrament of reconciliation, is that we're not really going to the priest himself as a person, as a a fellow human being. Because in that particular moment, the priest represents Christ. This is one of the sacraments where he is in persona Christi. In other words, he is acting in the person of Christ himself. So by confessing your sins to the priest, you are actually confessing your sins to Christ himself. And and this is scriptural. Scriptural um, from from the Matthew's Gospel. Jesus told Peter that whatever sins he held bound, they were bound. And whatever sins he held loose, they were loosed. In other words, Jesus gave Peter this power to to confess or to bind, or or to, I'm sorry, to bind or to loose sins. And this has been passed on through ordination, through the ordination to the priest. And so by confessing your sins to the priest, you're able to participate fully in the healing aspect of the sacrament. In other words, you are telling another human being in the person of Christ about the sins that you have committed. And so by admitting to another person those sins and by actually hearing with your own ears the actual words of forgiveness and absolution, the person confessing is able to feel the real healing power of the sacrament. Now through this power of absolution, all of your sins are committed. That means that if you forget a sin, so you go into confession and you confess five sins that you committed maybe in the last week or the last month, and then you walk out of the confessional and you say, oh, I forgot to tell him that one. It doesn't make any difference. Those po- that, that power of absolution gives you the ability, gives that priest the ability in the persona Christi to for- have all of your sins forgiven. Now, from the penitent's point of view, it's very important that if you are in a state of mortal sin, if you are separated from God, that you actually confess those mortal sins. And I'm sure that people, you know, when they go into confession and they are in a state of mortal sin, the majority of the time they know that they are in a state of mortal sin. So there should be no reason in the world why you should not confess that mortal sin to the priest. You come away with a clean slate as long as you are contrite of your sin and sincerely sincerely resolved to try and not commit that same sin again. Third, um, 
and I get this from young people too, but a lot of adults as well. They come and they say, well, I haven't been to confession in a long, long, long time, and I've forgotten what to do. And the priest is going to embarrass me, and he's going to say, why haven't you been, and so on. Well, the fact that you haven't been to confession in a long period of time is perfectly fine. The priest is not sitting in his position of judgment over someone who comes to him for confession, even if they haven't been in a long time. The whole purpose of the sacrament is to heal the person of their sins and the burden those sins place upon them. So the priest would certainly spend time, if he is a good priest, can certainly spend time guiding you through the right words, the right prayers, so that the, the experience can be as healing as possible and that the next time that you're encouraged even to come back. You know, that it's not many, many years until you return to the sacrament. So it is very, you know, most priests are, are very good that I know of in guiding people on what to say and how to pray and all those different types of things within the sacrament itself. Um, so it is more, it, it is very important that you go to a priest that is going to be able to guide you through that, that time in that process. Fourth, um, and, and I get this, you know, many times too, is that the priest or father will know who I am, you know, he'll recognize my voice, or especially if you're going face to face, you know, going to the face to face option, you know, he's going to know me, and he will remember what I told him. And then the next time I see him either, you know, out at the grocery store, or I see him come, you know, walking into church that, oh, he's going to remember that sin, and he's going to, you know, he's going to judge me for it. And I can tell you that priests hear many, many confessions, and it's impossible to remember that a certain person sinned in a certain way. And also, if you, you, know, you talk to any priest, they will tell you that they very rarely do hear something that will shock them. So in other words, sin is kind of a garden variety type of thing. And in other words, it means that you know, the sins that you commit, pretty much other people are committing those same types of sins as well. And so when the priest is present to you in that particular moment and hearing your confession, uh, you know, I, I rather much doubt that he is actually saying, oh, yeah, you know, I remember that person confessed that that horrible sin. In other words, people are made up basically the same way. And many times our sins are pretty much this, of the same type, you know, and then there's the whole of seal of confession um, that we talked about in the first question. The whole idea is that, again, no matter if the priest sees you, he is not to divulge to anyone um, what, what you confess to him. And then finally, um, you know, this is more a general comment about what the sacrament is and what's the most important thing about the sacrament of reconciliation. And I think the most important thing about the sacrament of reconciliation is you know, not telling your sins or being sorry for the sins you've committed or the examination of conscience or where you reflect and recall the sins that you've committed or even the penance that you do. You know, it, it's all about that. I mean, that's all part of it. Those are all parts of the sacrament. Um, but it's, it's more the most important thing I would tend to think about the sacrament of reconciliation is what Jesus does for you. In other words, Jesus is the one who forgives. In other words, Jesus is the one that is forgiving the sins that you have committed. And 
once that happens, once you're able to feel that, once you're able to experience that that level of forgiveness, that God is forgiving you, he's giving you a clean slate. You know, the person is able to feel the healing, the true healing effects of the sacrament. That's why the sacrament of reconciliation is one of the two healing sacraments. It's supposed to heal the person's soul. It's supposed to heal the person's spirit of the sins that they have committed. And that is the most important thing. And it's because Jesus is the one that is doing that healing. Jesus is the one that is forgiving. It is what Jesus is doing for you in that particular moment through the priest in persona Christi. So um, I hope that this short little podcast today has given you some insights about the sacrament of reconciliation. And I hope that, you know, that you, you take this as a way of saying to yourself, I need to go to the sacrament. I need to receive this sacrament much more frequently. Um, one of the discouraging things about working in parish life um, is that, you know, a lot of times you'll see people when the sacrament is offered, it's always the same people that are coming to the sacrament or, you know, when it is offered, not as many people are coming as she really should be coming. Um, it's not that people are not sinning, you know, people are sinning. It's just very important that, that they don't feel the need to feel that healing power, to feel that they're able to be happy and they're able to be more in the right relationship with, with God and with Christ. And so I wish that people would avail themselves a lot more often of the sacrament. So thanks again for listening. May God continue to bless you, bless the people in your life that hope, that love you and, and the people in your life that you love as well. May God continue to hold you in the palm of his hand.